I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the podcast for all things Disney for NPR Illinois Community Voices and for the Front Row Network. I'm your host, Craig. I'm joined today by my co-host, Mr. Brett Rutherford. Hello there. And Ms. Vanessa Ferguson. Hello. We also have a super special guest here with us today, and I'm excited to introduce you all to Savannah. How are you, Savannah? I'm good. How about you? It's so cool to be on here. Yeah, for sure. And I, before we started this, you had mentioned this is your first podcast ever. So congrats. Now you can go and start your own and you'll have way more subscribers than we do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I want to say the reason why uh, Savannah is joining us today, and that's because we absolutely love the Hoagland Center for the Arts. And I didn't tell Vanessa I was going to say this part because in the full disclosure, Vanessa is an employee at the Hoagland Center for the Arts. So I'm going to take a minute and gush on what that building means to Central Illinois and to Springfield. Uh, the Hoagland Center for the Arts is such a, a wonderful place that has all different types of art forms that come together in Springfield. It really is truly the hub of the arts, and it means so much to so many of us and to so many people across central Illinois. And of course, uh, we want to do whatever we can to support that building. And so one of the things that we did was we entered into a silent auction and said, we're going to auction away a spot to be on a podcast with us. You get to pick whatever you'd like to talk about. And so that's why Savannah is joining us. So thank you for your support of the Hoagland. And I know you were in a Hoagland Ed program as well, right? Uh, yes, I'm in the Hoagland Education Program. I've been in it since um, the 2016-17 the school year. Um, I've been in The Lion King, Charlotte's Web, James and the Giant Peach, and recently Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which was the last production done at the Hoagland before the shutdown. And I also got the opportunity to... And I also got the opportunity to stage manage um, The Curious Incident of the Og in the Nighttime. It's a really long title. I hope I said that right. Um, (laughs) That is so cool. That's So you spend an awful lot of time, you know, uh, the Hoagland is basically like my home away from home. And I bet that it's the same for you, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So if you can, uh, you know, I understand it's hard times for a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, but if you are in central Illinois, or even if you're not, and you really enjoy this podcast, I uh, implore you to go check out hcfta.org and to donate uh, if you can and help that building, help that organization, because they truly matter. They, what they do is what Uh, helps us thrive artistically and creatively, and they can really use our help. So it's something that you can do that uh, will make you feel good and will make all of us feel good when we can get back to seeing shows in person. Did I cover just about everything there, Vanessa? I think so. I just want to say again, Savannah, I'm so sorry your show had to be shut down early due to the Mm -hmm. pandemic. Behind the scenes, those of us on staff, when when this was all happening, we were going, the Joseph kids, what are we going to do about the Joseph kids? Because it was just heartbreaking to have to close it. But I'm glad you got to perform for family, right? Yes, that's what happened. Excellent. And we're so excited to have you here Mm -hmm. because not only did you win the silent auction item, you are also a big Disney fan. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) We love that. We have to ask, you know, we, uh, they can see by the title, what movie we are talking about today, but what's your favorite animated film from Disney? Uh, well, growing up, it was Cinderella, but as I've grown up, I actually like, um, Beauty and the Beast the best now. Oh, fantastic. Mm -hmm. So more of like a bell. Do you have a lot of books around all the time? (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Most of them I have to read for my AP line class though. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, so that's really cool. Have you been able to go to Disney World or to the Disney parks? Do you get into that uh, too? Yes, I got to go in 2019 for the first time in my life. I've been wanting to go since I was a little kid. And so that was like a really awesome, like dream come true trip that we got to go on. And we're so thankful we did it that year and didn't like wait another year. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Brett just returned from the world not too long ago and he 
was so gracious to be able to do uh, lots of different like calls with us. And it made us really feel like we were there. So that was really very kind of him. Mm-hmm. Oh, please. My, my, my vacation is your vacation. <laughs> That's right. So let's go ahead and turn our attention to Cinderella. I mean, we're talking about Walt Disney World. Her castle is right there. We need to pay some respect to Cinderella. Also, by the time this podcast uh, is released. This is a bit of breaking news for me today, but for you, you can already turn on Disney Plus and you can see the Rodgers and Hammerstein version of Cinderella starring Whitney Houston and Brandy. Brandy, that's I was like, oh yeah. my goodness. And Bernadette Did you forget Cinderella? And yes, and Bernadette Peters too. Mm-hmm. So I'll it's fantastic. Do. You know, we actually talked to DJ McHale, who directed Tower of Terror for Wonderful World at Disney. And uh, he brought that up. He was like, I don't know why Cinderella is not on Disney Plus. And now it is on Disney Plus as yeah. of Friday, February 12th. So definitely go out there mm-hmm. and check that out. We also will probably talk a bit. I mean, I am absolutely in love with the remake, the live action remake of Cinderella. Mm-hmm. So we might talk a bit about that. But we are going to primarily focus on the animated classic of Cinderella. And we're going to get right into it right now. So Savannah, the the first thing we normally do is talk about our first impressions or reactions to the film. And so do you remember the first time you saw Cinderella and kind of what that feeling was like? I'm not sure. I remember watching it a lot when I was growing up. I think like from when I was three to like seven, it was like my favorite movie. It was on all the time and I loved it. I watched it all the time. (laughs) Like literally, I was obsessed. You could ask my mom. She will tell you that I literally watched it like every day. (laughs) That's fantastic. And you know, those old, uh, I guess you would have had DVDs when I was growing up. Nope, I actually did watch the, I did have the VHS and that's- Oh, good for you. That does my heart good. (laughs) Old school. (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome uh my son is the same way he's he's he watches this movie and he watches sleeping beauty all the time mm-hmm. those are his two i think favorites right now although he was watching tangled the other day so i think he just likes all the princesses uh, he's <laughs> all the disney animated films for sure brett when was the first time you saw or what was the, kind of your first reaction to cinderella it was 1927. I remember it well. No, no. Well, actually, well, anyway, I'll keep this going because uh, I saw it. It was actually, it was the first film I ever saw. You know, the first movie I ever saw. And it was actually in a movie theater because back then they would, on occasion, every so often, they'd release the very classic Disney films every seven years or so. And I happened to be around while one of those was being released. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> it is my first, it's the first film that I ever saw, I think. Wow. That's wow. awesome. Anyway, yeah. That, um, and uh, and it was, it was magical. And it was also, it was also the first record that I ever purchased as a child. Anyway, yes, that was old school. We call them vinyl now, but back then we called them records. We put them on the Victrola. No, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. You know, we share that in common though, because uh, I probably mentioned it before. I'm sure I have, but the first film I ever saw in theaters was Savannah's favorite. Well, we both covered Savannah's favorites because you saw Cinderella and I saw Beauty and the Beast. That was my first film in the theaters. So uh, we we covered the whole spectrum there. We didn't even know that. (laughs) Vanessa, what are your first thoughts or reactions or impressions of Cinderella? Okay. So I rewatched it and I remembered that some of my takeaways as a kid was that, um, so there's a scene where she's getting ready. And uh, first of all, I thought it was so cool that there was this like sponge that got soaked up in water and that's all you had to do to shower. I thought that was great. But what was um, unhelpful to me as a child was she puts this ribbon in and, and just ties it and her hair looks perfect. I remember like trying to tie a ribbon in my hair just like that and being just disappointed every single time. So again, like Ariel, Cinderella, everyone, every other princess, you are giving us unrealistic expectations for hair. (laughs) I I remember that. But upon further review, um, watching it now as an adult, I don't remember this, but this go around, I just thought, wow, this is a very pretty movie 
like even in the just the introduction the those um the colors are so bright and when the book opens and you see the the painted scenery i don't i, I didn't check to see who actually painted that probably I think it was mary blair Ma- yeah well mary blair yeah i saw her name on there and then we saw like mark davis claude Coates, all the you know the originals that we're learning Craig and Brett already know them, but, you know, I have to be handheld through this process. So, um, <laughs> of learning. yeah, so um, I, I was stunned by how beautiful it was because when we watched the live action, um, Brett pointed out to me how beautiful the costumes were. And I'm like, wow. So, so rewatching this, I thought, I wonder if this is going to look dull compared to the live action, but really both in their own ways, side by side are very, very aesthetically beautiful to look at. They really are. You know, you, you get kind of a, it's cool to see um, how they evolved during the live action, uh, but also stay true to that story and to that artwork. And it's just absolutely gorgeous throughout. I mean, this was a film that obviously meant an awful lot to the company because uh, this film is coming out at a time uh, after World War II and kind of repurposing, uh, going away from those kind of militaristic type films and introducing the idea of a Disney princess and introducing so many things that we are aware of today. And and it's just, it's just really cool. I, I, it's one of those films that, and I know that this is a bit of a cop-out answer, but it's one of those films that to me, I don't remember not having Cinderella in my life. And, you know, you kind of said the same thing, Savannah, like you, uh, you remember it from being a child and uh, listening to or watching it. And I do remember actually listening to it as well. We had the record, we had the storybook as well. Um, And it's just one of those that is timeless, right? I mean, how many, how many times has the Cinderella story been told? Like, like dozens of times in film, right? Yeah. This is the one that leaves that indelible mark that you're like, this is Cinderella, you know? And, uh, and it's just incredible the work that they did. And let's actually talk a bit about some of our favorite characters and uh, people that we really enjoyed in this. And so Savannah, who do you want to talk about first? Who's your favorite character in the film? Well, this is going to sound like way too obvious, but probably Cinderella herself. I think that she's a really interesting character. I feel like a lot of people, when they talk about her, they're like, oh, she waited for a prince to save her. But really, I'm pretty sure that when she was asking to go to the ball, she just wanted a night off. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, seriously, you see how she lives with these people where she's pushed around and put pushed to her limit and I think it's just such a testament to her character that she was able to stay so kind and optimistic enough for the fairy godmother to come and help her and give her a night off absolutely and you know um she is running that house and living with these terrible people and everything else so I completely agree with you and uh it does set up you know I think that um some of these older princesses fall into they're kind of getting a bad rap recently because they're being, you know, they're kind of moving away in animation to more of a story where the heroines are the ones that come in and save the day. But at the same time, Cinderella never really painted to me this picture that she had to be saved by um, anybody other, maybe than the fairy godmother, right? I mean, this isn't like Prince Charming is coming in and saving the day. So no, I totally agree with with the shoe. He was too busy. (laughs) (laughs) He was too busy. He had to settle that situation and be like, (laughs) oh, magic trick, extra slipper. (laughs) <laughs> didn't see that's that. so good yeah well vanessa i probably should go to you to talk about cinderella as well well um I, what what i noticed watching this again was that how positive she is and she doesn't really give in to um fighting back not not to say that she's being a pushover she's just recognizing that this is bad behavior and i'm not going to engage with this uh even with like the cat so um, now that is contrary to my natural instincts because there were, I'm a dog person and so many things I wanted to do to the cat while watching it. And there's one moment where she's like, I'm just going to have to teach you a lesson. And she grabs her broom, but then the, the, the 
Prince's people come knocking on the door. And I thought, oh, we missed it. Like that cat was about to get it. Not that I'm for animal abuse. I'm not for that at all. But, you know, just maybe putting the cat in a room in a timeout would have been nice. Or find <laughs> of a dis- disciplinary measure for the cat, I think would have been appropriate. I really liked when Bruno came. And, uh, I, and I'm assuming, by the way, that the cat you know, lands on its feet because cats land yeah, on its cats feet. Cats do that. I don't yeah. think the cat dies and I'm not no. for that, but. Well, he's in the sequels, so I'm going to say he's still alive. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen it. So yes. Yeah, so he's, no. he lives, Savannah knows. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I like how Cinderella is portrayed. And I kind of agree with you, Craig, that I don't think she comes across as needing to be saved. And I, I didn't realize that until I watched it back. I'm like, oh, this is not like, Sleeping Beauty, where she barely talks in the film. Like Cinderella does talk quite a bit in this film. You know, yeah, I think Cinderella gets kind of lumped into that. Um, but you know, it's not like Cinderella. It's not like uh, Sleeping Beauty or Snow White, where you know they're they're really laying there, basically dead and waiting for a kiss. Right? This isn't that yeah. kind of a this isn't that kind of a story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have to say, I was just pulling up uh, some of my notes, Brett. Because you know Ooh, how how much notes, I take yes. notes, uh, <laughs> meaning that I, I pulled up IMDb and looked at the trivia, and the very first entry in this was that Eileen Woods was suffering from Alzheimer's for a long time before she passed, and she didn't remember that she had played Cinderella, but she was always comforted by her song from Cinderella. Isn't that just like heartbreaking? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's very it's very yeah thanks for bringing us down there but at least it's a good story yeah it is absolutely. that's just charming well her voice is gorgeous yeah it, it I, truly it's, is it's like it's like one of the it's i mean the princess's voices are all pretty good snow white you know well little grating but um still charming you're charming, with charming. That really old technology you know, charming charming Great. charming well you know so but but eileen woods what a voice so good anyway i'm just waiting for my turn oh brett would you like to talk about cinderella <laughs> oh okay well you know i love cinderella but we got to give creds to you know kind of the other storytellers and the ones that you know give her a little mischief shall we say you know and you know lucifer the cat you know there's so much time spent on lucifer as kind of this you know setting a mood you know and then yeah. when he you know gets uh, in, up in uh in in lady tremaine's you know lap there for you know cinderella's comeuppance you know for you know putting the mouse in the, in the anyway I, sorry they're they're spoilers anyway <laughs> so 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 that but 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 anastasia and drizella you know i mean just they are yeah, they're not nice people. Are you gonna and, you know, introduce the entire cast to us here, Brett? <laughs> well, yes. You well, I'm like going. Yes, thank you. Um, so I'll continue <laughs> with no, no, no. I was just gonna go. I was just gonna get you know, kind of the sisters and you know, and the stepmother. Oh, she was a stepmother. She was kind of you know the quintessential you know meaning of the word evil stepmother. So you know this actually has some history with the the show. We did a draft not too long ago, Savannah, uh, and it was Disney villains. And I should say, you know, he's waiting for me to say that Brett won that draft, and he did win mm-hmm. that draft. And we'll have to hear that again, and we will never yes, hear again. the end of that. Yes, um, we will have to hear it. But again. he he attempted to draft three people in one slot. Do you remember this, Vanessa? Yeah, yeah he, he tried to do to say, and the stepsisters saying that they were one. And I'm like, no, 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 no. They are not one person, Brett. They are no. individuals. They have an individual story. <sighs> yes, here. they do. Yes, they have an individual story, blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, no, it was, and, and the voicing of, are we going to talk about voice casting? Yeah, of course. Well, we did about Eileen. So let's, oh, Lady mm-hmm. Tremaine, Eleanor Audley. Ah. <sighs> You know, I think they probably, because I think they, you know, they would, um, and they, as they still do it, but I think that they um, record them or film them at that time, you know, so to give them an idea of the character, because the Eleanor, oddly, um, I can picture her, you know, when you're watching her, the character, you know, this very arch sort of, you know, quasi royalty at least she thinks she is you know so so her voice and we know we know eleanor oddly from another of the number of disney things including maleficent uh-huh she's the voice of maleficent and she is and to get the parks in there she is the voice of madame leota 
in The Haunted Mansion. So Eleanor Audley, great character actress. Yeah. So I, I, I will go to Savannah because Brett just gave you uh, 65 characters. That you could <laughs> I always on. do. That's what I do. So uh, any, anybody that, that let's, let's start with Lady Tremaine. How is she as a villain? Did she terrify you as a little girl? Um, I'm actually going to delve into my personal life a little bit about this, but I'm going to say that she was one of the only exposures I had to a, what a step-parent looked like, so that honestly terrified me when my parents got divorced. Just going to say that, pointing into my personal life there, so that terrified me more than anything else about her character, was that that might happen to me. <laughs> but it didn't, right? Luckily, oh, no. it did not. It okay. Did not. Both <laughs> of my step-parents <laughs> and the draperies, you know. Yes, if it did certainly we can wonderful people yeah yeah that's well, that's um, really good but yes that is what terrified me the most about her as a little kid um but yeah i'm gonna talk about eleanor oddly for a moment but i think it's very ironic that some of her most famous roles are all villains yeah i'm well you know sometimes those character actors they might get kind of um a bit of pegged in there what that's what's gonna say is like I I whenever I do a show or anything I'm usually always the character or the weird person or yep. goofy or, or you know I don't ever get to play the princess because and it, it was really funny too is like uh, when when Drizilla and uh, uh, Drizilla is singing and Anastasia but Anastasia's playing but uh, Drizilla's singing Sing Sing Nightingale and mm-hmm. I'm like think better than that. And then you Cinderella's, and I was like, "Oh, never mind. I'll just be playing a stepsister forever." I, worst things could happen. Yeah, right. So I I can understand why uh, that um, that actress has has been pegged as the uh, of something dark. I'm right there with you, man. Always the Smee, never the Captain Hook. Always the Patsy, never the King Arthur. Right? That's okay, though. They're great parts. Who are you kidding? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. they're great no, parts. I, I think what's cool about uh, Lady Tremaine is that she is an accessible villain because she's villainous enough to um, paint this picture in your mind as a child, in particular, seeing it through my son's eyes. Um, but she's not like a Maleficent where it becomes overly scary or overly, and, and, you know, maybe in in a way like watching back to that as an adult, because we like focus on that human element, it almost makes her more terrifying or someone that's scarier than someone like Maleficent as a child. I almost feel like it's reversed, right? Because um, mm-hmm. she's not going to necessarily terrify you, but she might just be kind of scary and mean. Um, as opposed to later on, you're like, man, I kind of know a little, I know a few Lady Tremaines out there for sure, you know? And so I think- Like the original- And Mr. Tremaines too. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Tremaines, you're right. Stop saying Karen and just say, she's such a Lady Tremaine. Oh yeah. (laughs) Lady Tremaine definitely would say, I want to talk to your manager. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And she's got the hair. Yes. She's got the bump it. Yes. Hair going on too. For sure. Uh, something that I want to point out from like her perspective as a character is like she's very much just interested in her own daughters and wants to forward them and put them up in the world and so she's trying to be good for them although I will say on the music front to someone who sings and plays the flute she's not doing them any justice there (laughs) 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 but she is trying to forward their own their interests um, and make a better life for her daughters. But unfortunately, that comes at the expense of Cinderella. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think I'd push back on that. Just a, just a scotch there, um, Savannah, and say, isn't she also trying to better her own life as well? Because she's trying yeah. to live in this big old castle uh, down mm-hmm. the street. So, I, you know, and I see that for sure. But, you know, they, like the conniving villainous creature, she's just, a, she's just a really well put together villain. And she's played beautifully in this voice acting. Yeah. Uh, and it's just great, for sure. So, We've talked a bit about, and the, any other comments from the panel here about the sisters before we move into, uh, I want to go to the fairy godmother next. All, All right, right, Brett. Boppity boo it, Craig. Let's get going. Bippity oh, boppity boo Bippity boppity Brett. And they're fun to play, Vanessa. Should you ever have the chance? Anyway. <laughs> 
I think now, you would make a, a rock star fairy godmother. Who, me? Yeah. Like, not like right now. You have to be, I mean, probably a okay. bit older or you'd have to be aged a lot. I mean, you. Listen, I was. No, they went for the glamour one. The fairy godmother was animated. And I'm like, I feel a little seen here. The way, her, the way her wrists come out a little bit heavier than the other characters i'm like i could i could totally play this fairy godmother if i had the chance so thank you you've just validated my own thoughts that i could totally do this and i wasn't well, even thinking for like i was just thinking because you are such a, a charming and vibrant presence here you oh. know you come in and you save the day for the podcast over and over again we are Thank about to you. we're tattered and torn and then you come onto the zoom call and all of a sudden we're all wearing ball gowns it's great <laughs> i do what i can't i look i even got my i'm ready i've got my magic wand here but, but so Brett, let's, uh, let's go ahead and and ask you how you're feeling. Uh, how do you feel about the fairy godmother as a character? And of course, you can't uh, talk about the fairy godmother without bippity-boppity-boo. Well, yes, bippity-boppity-boo. Uh, Verna Felton was a fairy godmother. Okay. We also know her in Disney Fildom from uh, Fildom as the Queen of Hearts. So that's a range. What? Can you imagine? Yes. Yeah. Can you imagine? Anyway, so, but she was just so... So charming. And that was interesting. Um, there is um, part of Disney Extras. I don't know if we're going to get to that, but um, the artist, Ken O'Connor, they were working on, I guess, a the character, you know, like the styling, the initial look of the fairy godmother. And while, his, while he and his wife were young, he kind of took the character of, of his wife, kind of this very, very charming, very... Um, you know, caring person and, you know, kind of involved, evolved um, the drawings and that's where they went with. Um, but that was so, so anyway, so charming, charming, lovely, grandmotherly type, at least in this film, you know, gotta, mm-hmm. gotta love her. So how, how estimate for me, how long you think she's on screen? Because I would say it's, it's what, maybe three four minutes tops four, and five yeah four or five and she's like and she is someone that immediately when you think of disney i i think fairy godmother's right up there with many mm. of the cherished characters we think about right sure. i mean just the the mark that she makes in such a short amount of time now granted she's coming in to save the day right but at the same time she's just an incredibly impressive character savannah your thoughts on the fairy godmother yeah, something I think while we're on that topic of iconicness, I think another iconicness, one of those things that we um, all think of as one of the most iconic scenes in all of Disney is that moment when her dress transforms into that ball gown. I feel like that's one of the most quintessential scenes in a Disney movie of all time. And the fact that the fairy godmother is the one who facilitates that kind of makes her that much more of an icon. And kind of going back to what Brett was talking about a minute ago um, with Verna Felton, she also played Flora in um, Sleeping Beauty, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that's oh, wow. another kind cool. of fairy godmother character there. Um, huh. And now back to the present topic. Um, <laughs> I think that she's really cool that it's like the one moment that Cinderella can't save herself, it is another strong and powerful woman who is coming to save the day. Mm. Yes. I yeah. didn't yeah. even make that connection, but you are so right. Move over, Anna and Elsa. You didn't do it first, right? <laughs> That's right. Oh, Craig, That's, let it go. That's so true that they didn't, but, they are not the first yeah. ladies to help each other out. Mm-hmm. Speaking that. of ladies helping each other out, Vanessa. What you got to say about the fairy godmother? Are you going to follow in Savannah's footsteps here? You love her? I'm following in Savannah's footsteps because I agree with everything she's saying. And and the only thing that I I noted was watching this the second time, hundredth thousandth time was as an adult (laughs) now, um, was that she isn't there very long. And I thought, I was like, am I not remembering this correctly? Maybe she'll come up in the ending. She doesn't. And so I, I was just really um, surprised and I'm so glad that kind of her legacy has continued on because she is definitely a favorite character to me in the parks. She's just lovely and delightful. And uh, Brett, 
Brett introduced us when we went to Disney. <laughs> I had never met her before, but it was like me. Oh, that's right. At Disneyland. Yes. It was Sorry, like Craig. meeting. I, I never really had like a, a really motherly grandmother uh, growing up. So it was like meeting the grandmother I never had. And I was, this is, this is nice. I see why you all like going to see your grandmothers. This is very nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is nice. This her. is nice. Hey, Savannah. Um, have you ever been to Disneyland? I have not. Only Disney good, World. good, good. Because I haven't either. <laughs> and these two that currently on my Zoom are on the ends. They always pick on me for this, so they make you sure not pick on every me. single episode their trip to Disneyland to talk about it because they did not invite me. I was not welcome. <laughs> to so, I don't think that's necessarily. Oh gosh, how he remembers things anyway. <laughs> No, I, if you I, want to go, you can, but we know you won't. So we're going, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right. You're, you're probably right there. So who else do we want to talk about? Should we mention uh, Mike Douglas uh, and William Phipps who did Prince Charming? They kind of tag teamed. Uh, one of them did the singing. One of them did the vocals as well. Prince Charming in this film, um, you know, they give him a lot more to do in the live action remake. And I oh, love the God. expanded story of uh, Prince Charming. For the most part, in some of those live action films, um, I don't, and, and maybe this might like break your heart, Savannah. I'm going to use Beauty and the Beast as an example. Beauty and the Beast is an amazing hour and a half long story. When you bring it to Broadway and you put it on a, in a two hour and 45 minute story, I start to get a little bit sleepy in parts. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love That's human. Again. In her background, Craig. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, it's right there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but. I'm just saying that sometimes when they go back in and they try to retool these things, they add things that maybe you don't necessarily need or, or maybe some people do, but, but go with me. I really enjoyed in the live action remake of Cinderella, the, uh, the bringing uh, full circle of the story of Prince Charming and, and giving him a bit more flushed out story because in the animated film, he doesn't get too much to do, but let's talk about him anyway. Uh, Brett, you're my other man on the podcast. I'll go, <laughs> you're my Prince Charming, truly. So uh, what is your take okay. on Prince Charming? Prince Charming. Um, I think, you know, the story is called Cinderella, not Cinderella's Prince. So, and the other, speaking to your point, Craig's kind of, of about, you know, length. What I enjoyed, especially this time around, um, is that this story just tells it, you know, you yeah. don't have to, you get done, you know, and we are busy people and live busy lives. It's <laughs> in an hour be, and 14 minutes, I think is what I saw. It's so yeah. great. I'm like going, it just gets to it and tells a wonderful story that, you know, I, yeah, but back to the prince. Um, he serves his purpose. He sings a great song and he dances well. Yeah. I, I, I don't uh, disagree with any of that. So Vanessa, your thoughts on Prince Charming. I always thought he was very cute growing up. Um, although I'm more of a, um, of all the animated princes, I like the beast after he transforms the most. So, you know, no, Savannah agrees with me. I can tell. Um <laughs> But um, there wasn't much to say about him, but watching this go around, I, I always thought it was just, she was pretty, he wants her, he sends his people out, they go get her. And I couldn't be more wrong because um, he says, she says something like, oh, I have to go meet the prince. And he's like, but you didn't know. So I think he's into her because she has no clue who he mm -hmm. is. And then secondly, it's not him that sends those really scary, like, uh, black horses out in the dark chasing the coach um it's really the the king's uh people i keep want to say like henchman but that's not his name uh the duke his, the, the duke, duke or the, his servants or his servant people he sends them out to go get her it's not the prince is doing so i felt mm -hmm. much better watching it the second go around uh with fresh eyes because it just makes um makes a lot more sense to me of why he was so enamored with her um, although she is beautiful especially when you have like you know anastasia up there <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, well, well, 
Girl needs your, to stop. Um, your thoughts on <laughs> Prince Charming. So you're, you're in high school still. So, uh, and sorry that you're, you're missing out on some of those dances and things like that. Um, but you'll get back to it. Right. And so are you, uh, what, what, what grade are you in in high school? I'm a junior. Oh, you got plenty of time, right? You got, you got all that senior year, uh, to, mm-hmm. to go to prom and whatnot. So talk about Prince Charming. Um, yeah, I'm kind of gonna play off Vanessa here a little bit because I thought that it is really interesting that he likes Cinderella because she's not here for all the frou-frou and the obsessing over, oh, I gotta marry the prince because I gotta make my way up in the world. She's like, no, I'm just here to have a good time. It's a beautiful place and she just happens to meet the prince and thinks that he's a nice guy. And I think that's so telling that at the end she's like, the prince, I gotta meet the prince. And he's like, wait, you didn't know I'm the prince? (laughs) Um, But something else I want to point out, I'm going to briefly kind of shy away from him and turn the attention to the king for a moment. But I think it's really interesting how like, he's just very, how the prince is very peaceful and just very nice towards her. And the king's a little crazy. I'm just going to point that out. Some of the things he says are slightly problematic. Like, if you guys remember that scene where it's like the night after the ball, when the Grand Duke is coming to tell him that she's gotten away and he's like sabotage you were in league with the prince the whole time i'm like isn't he your son you know one of the royal people how is this treason (laughs) he's a little nuts and kind of going a little too far with this but the prince is just very humble and i think that that is a good trait for a future ruler (laughs) he is he is very he is uh he he is that indeed um i think what we should probably end with the character acting is we have to talk about jacques and gus gus right yes i would talk about those guys um and then that'll lead really perfectly into at least my favorite scene uh that i'd like to talk about so that's why i ended it here because i love my segues so i'm going to talk a bit about these mice both voiced, by the way, by James McDonald and does such a wonderful job uh, with these characters. And it really like that's part of the Disney princess dumb that really uh, Cinderella grabs onto, right? This whole like ability to to communicate with animals. And it, it, it's so cute in the live action remake um, when she's able to do that. But these uh these mice are just the best, right? Like Gus Gus trying to pick up all the food before Lucifer the cat gets him. And he's like, he's trying to put it all like in his mouth and everywhere else and and then just drops it all. Um, And and so it's just absolutely wonderful. Uh, I've been there. Um, late at night trying to get back to the fridge <laughs> and dropping all the things uh, on my kitchen floor. So no, I, I absolutely love these mice. Brett, your thoughts on our mice friends? Yeah, I mean, they're just so, so cute. And I mean, you know, okay, yes, yeah, Jock and Gus, but you know, we have, well, Susie and Perla. I don't know that they're really named in the film, but you know, in, in the world of characters that you visit at Walt Disney World or Disneyland or other places. Um, Susie and Perla are the hand mice to uh, to Cinderella. So, you know, we got to love them. And I've got to love the birds. I love the birds because they go, because they, I mean, they do their bird whistle thing, their bird song thing. Anyway, it's Cinderella, wake up. Cinderella, wake up you know which i, I mean I you know noticed that before like that. yeah yeah and, and they say um when she says can't tell and they go why, why? but then it's her <laughs> yes. voice it's so yes. crazy mm-hmm. so go cinderella wake up <laughs> i'm like going either that or i speak bird i don't know <laughs> you might <laughs> So, talking about these mice, Savannah, tell me, are these your friends? Would you be okay with mice running around your house and making dresses <laughs> for you? Is that something you're into? I mean, if they look like the cute little cartoon mice, I'm okay with that. But if they look like a real mouse, heck no, get them out. <laughs> Have you seen, uh, well, this is an important but, question. Have you seen Enchanted? Um, I have. It's been a while, though. Okay. So, because she's got, she's got rats, straight up she's rats. She's got the rats. Yeah. yeah, those are a little more sketchy over there, but so you wouldn't um, be as into that. Okay. <laughs> something I noticed when I watched it again as a teenager after like not watching it for a few years, because I 
like our VHS player stopped working so I couldn't watch it until we got Disney Plus again and I of course I did that pretty quickly right after we got it um and watching it over again I'm like wow the mice are in this a lot more than I remember <laughs> it's like yeah. it's very funny how much focus is on the mice and they're mm-hmm. and they're just such funny characters they always make me laugh yeah Vanessa? They definitely bring that lightness to what could have been a heavy story. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Vanessa, your Thank thoughts you. on the mice. I love the mice. I remember loving the scene where she has the little outfits for the mice, thinking that was really cute. But I love how they kind of, um, they they speak shorthand when they're speaking English, like, uh, gosh, I was seeing cat cat and like, uh, you know, and they have these little words that, that they use and like, Zuzu, Zuzu, you know, oh yeah, Zuzu, cat cat, cat cat, you know, it's just really cute to me. And it, I used to have, um, the MP3 of, um, the, the we can do it, we can do it song. And at the yes. very end, as Gus Gus and Jacques are going down into the wall, uh, Jacques makes a very, very funny noise. So I, I very much recommend, if you want a good laugh, finding that one clip um, of the sound where he goes, and he's like, follow me, Gus Gus. I know which way to go. Surprise, surprise, pretty surprise for Cinderella. You know, it's just, it's really, really funny. And it's so quick that I imagine people don't even notice it because, you know, the, the music is playing underneath and at a quick tempo and but I, I've loved the mice for a very long time for that reason. So I, I was watching it thinking, wow, like they came up with this, whoever, I don't know if it was the writers or the voice actors came up with this kind of mouse scat that they do. And it's so brilliant. Just it, it communicates what you need to know, but it's not over the top um, clear English. It's funny and it very much fits the character of mice. So I, I was just watching this going like, wow, this is genius. This is so, I mean, it holds up even today. I'm like, this is so funny. So I love the mice. And I love them too. And like, that's what I said, like my favorite scene is when they're um, basically any scene that they're in. I absolutely love, I love that they call her Cinderella. It, it warms my heart. Uh, it's so wonderful, but it just everything about the mice is uh, yeah. what I would say is kind of a favorite of mine, but particularly when they're working together, pulling together that teamwork, making that dress for her, that's going to get ripped to shreds. It's just wonderful. Uh, you know, we know the, the future of that dress and it's very sad, but luckily our fairy godmother helps yes. her out right so mm-hmm. um, absolutely love that scene savannah i wanted to go to you though what's your favorite scene in the film hmm i think i gotta go back to what i was talking about earlier with the moment when the fairy godmother transforms her dress mm. i just remember as a little kid that being like one of the best scenes like i would look forward to and be like like staring at it and like mesmerized at how beautiful it was and just how cool it was and i'm like i want to be a princess <laughs> How about um, how about in the the live action uh, remake as well? They really do that scene justice, right? Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. Yeah. And I like how they add like all the little detail to her dress. I remember it being like very sparkly and having like little butterflies. Was it like on this shoulder piece she's got here? And I think that it's just really pretty. And they really went for that blue. <laughs> they really did. And now one of us on this show has seen that dress in person, right? Mm-hmm. I have. Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. It was it was actually at both D23 Expos, 2017 and 2019. But yeah, it was it was really gorgeous and she has a teeny waist. And I forgot there there's Sravostum. Okay. Tchaikovsky? Sravosky? Sra- I need to learn how to say Swarovski oh, crystals. Zorovsky. Zorovsky. They have so many Zorovsky crystals in that. I mean, I mean, thousands. So that was amazing. And it has lights in it and everything. Can I request in the edit that 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 little moment of us all trying to say that word, we just half speed it and see how that sounds. We'll sound we'll sound like mice when we do that. 
Zorowski. Zorowski. <laughs> no, that's we if we can sped do it, it up. We can do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, I absolutely agree, Savannah. I mean, it's it's such an iconic moment uh, in the movie, but also, again, I keep coming back to this film helped to really establish what Disney was and what Disney animated films would be uh, moving forward. And it, it it's animated by some of the biggest names in all of Disney. When you're talking about Ken Anderson and you're talking about Bill Pete, um, directed by Wolfgang Reiterman, you know, and then also uh, Mary Blair, like just these absolute, like, you know, we talk about Disney legends and I'm pretty sure everyone I just named is a Disney legend, but like the, but truly legendary people uh, who helped bring this film to life. Vanessa, do you have a particular scene you want to mention? Oh gosh. Well, um, I mean, like you said, any scenes with the, the animals in it, I really like the beginning um, when the, when the mice are helping her uh, get ready. And, and you notice that it's the female mice that there's one in particular that goes, shoo, shoo, go on, you know, get and gets them out of the room. And then those uh, female mice go into the <coughs> jazz scat to that song we're like i just like what is happening these mice these lady mice are so cool not only do they get her ready but they jazz scat for her it's so fun <laughs> so i i just love that scene so much um i mean you can't go wrong with the mice and the birds are just too cute yes brett your favorite scene or scenes i'm sorry you know you know how i am no i would say well if speaking about the transformation scene, the dress transformation scene, it, it's my understanding that it was Walt's favorite piece of animation. Mm. So, and the other part of this film is that it absolutely saved the studio mm-hmm. because this was after the war. Um, you know, this saved the studio. That's according to Walt in uh, the Walt Disney story. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So if it's good enough for Walt, it's good enough for me. Right. You know, there right you there, come. Savannah. Yeah. So. Well, and I think that that's why when they went back to conceptualize the the park, um, that's why we get Cinderella's castle in Disney world, you know, sleeping beauty castle was put in Disneyland much because it was a promotional uh, piece for the upcoming film uh, or the film that had just been released. I can't remember exactly, but I know sleeping it beauty was about that yet. time. Nope. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's interesting to me that like uh, they, they did go back and, um, that's the castle that they decided would be part of this mainstay of Walt Disney World. And I think it speaks a lot to uh, what this film meant for the company, right? And, and continues to mean for the company. This, this film is 71 years old and it still has such a, a rewatchability to it. And uh, you can be charmed by it. You know, my five-year-old loves it. Like, it, it, it's timeless. It's timeless yeah. in a way that not many films and a min, and I would say like many Disney animated films do end up being timeless. However, that's not the norm in film, right? You know, it, it's difficult to call out too many films from 1950 that would have the same amount of staying power as something like this um, for sure. And well, we'd have to you- ask Brandon. Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> And something that kind of going off of like how this one is like saved the studio, I think it's really interesting how kind of the three most big risk things that paid off for the Walt Disney Company were princess movies. Because obviously Snow White being the first animated feature film, that was a princess movie. This one that saved the studio after the war and then The Little Mermaid coming out of that kind of dry period after Walt's death with The Little Mermaid being what really brings us back into that classic an- animation. I think it's a true testament to how much people love princesses. <laughs> I, I would not be a podcast host if I didn't tell you all listening right now. You can go back and listen to uh, Snow White, our episode on that. We had Dominic Cellini and Brandon Davison. And then, of course, if you want to hear more from The Little Mermaid, 
we did get to talk to the Little Mermaid herself this past summer. Go back and listen to our Jody Benson episode as well. So um, definitely check all those out too. But you know, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, these that's why these films continue to be made and continue to be relevant and continue to move forward with the genre. I think it's great. Um, and yeah, there, there's there was some pushback. There's always pushback about this the tale of like Disney princesses and things like that. But I do think that they they help establish these stories and these classic fairy tales in such a way that really ingratiate them uh, into the pop culture, but also pass along some of those like morals and those tales that come along with them as well and done in such a way that's easily digestible for kids that are so young uh, and they carry them for their whole lives. So they obviously make a huge impact for sure. Yeah, I, I grew up on all the princess films. In fact, the first movie I got to see in theaters was the princess and the frog. And I grew up with all the ones that came before that. Talk about a soundtrack on that film. That is a film we absolutely need to get to uh, in the relatively near future. I came to Princess and the Frog very late, but man, I am—I love it. I absolutely love that film. It might have, it's, it probably is my favorite soundtrack of any of the Disney animated films. It's so great. So we'll put a pause on that yeah. uh, before I go off on a tangent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to talk a bit about your, you know, we love this film, right? We, we love it to death, but there's always bits and pieces of a film. Unless you're Brett, he has a hard time coming up with these. Is there something in this film, Savannah, that just doesn't quite work for you, doesn't quite gel? The only thing I can think of, and only because it's fresh in my mind, are some of the problematic things that the king says throughout this film. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I believe I talked about this briefly earlier, but that bedroom scene, uh, when the Duke is coming in to tell him that Cinderella got away, it's like, don't kill him. This is not his fault. It's, it's kind of problematic. Yeah, I absolutely. Have- well, he has anger issues, but it makes for an interesting story. Those it are does. my favorite scenes, for sure. <laughs> I, they, I feel uncomfortable watching them. I think I just left the room when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> That was the that was when you go and get a drink of water or something, right? Right, right, yeah, yeah. Um, Brett, I- anything in the film that doesn't quite work for you? Bruno's kind of annoying to me. Stop. I'm like going, Why? gosh, wake up at the end, you know. I'm just like going. Ooh, 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 but, you know. but he, I mean, he he gets on. the job done, but I'm just like going, you know, just a little. I'm just saying, he's just he, a little annoying look- to me. In the very beginning, when it's the Cinderella and her dad, he's a puppy there, and like there in the scene, and so then it made sense Mm -hmm. to me, like, oh, he's an old dog. He's been around. He's been with Cinderella from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good, but he still wears me out a bit. I'm just (laughs) saying a bit. I'm just like it's just a bit. You asked. I said something, guys. We need we need to appreciate the yes opinion. Uh, value value my 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 you know my feelings for Bruno. It's yeah, not that we hate him or anything. He just I got, I'm I'm in your corner on this one. I, Thank you. I am there right right there with you. Just a little. Um, like going maybe. speed it up, speed it something, up. You have something, something to do. Slight, Go save her. Something slightly off topic, but going back to that scene in the beginning that Vanessa was talking about, I think it's really interesting, like, where the spot where, like, Lucifer does his thing, where he's, like, and, like, scratches his face, and then he gets blamed, how Cinderella's, like, the one that he's, like, all right, Bruno, you're the one who has to go outside, and I think there's, like, some reasoning to that, because, like, at the beginning, we said we saw him with her and her dad as a puppy, Lucifer gets favored because he's Lady's Lady Tremaine's pet. Yeah. yeah and i don't like that she he goes did you catch him this time and he's like mm-hmm. and she's like that's bad and i'm like cinderella he is, well, the dog and just... he is a mean cat let's him his name, his name is lucifer, <laughs> lucifer. Like, you just had this whole thing about a dream is a wish your heart makes why can't his dream beat it and wish to be to catch them. Okay, we're being yeah. revisionist now. Anyway, sort of. Well, anyway, Vanessa. no. Okay, let's. We've got, oh. got to go to the the uh, the Lucifer part. I love when he's eating, when he's drinking his cream, and he's using his his little <laughs> paw and his little, you know, cat fingernail claw. Claw is that what they're called? Claws. Claw. And he's like, claw. and he's just claw. like, you know, 
taking a little, you know, one little bit of drop at a time. Okay, it's just classic. Just, you didn't know it was he a is just so totally mean. <laughs> you didn't. Have, All right, a Vanessa, the cat fingernail is a claw. I've learned that today. Thank you. That's my takeaway. <laughs> yeah, Til, uh, Vanessa. I I really can't think of anything beyond what deal. we've already I'm, talked about. I'm gonna cop out too. I'm I'm gonna do it. Beautiful sorry, film. sorry, Brett and Savannah, we're putting you out to dry. Uh, <laughs> if only, if if there's only one thing I can think of that has happened because of this film, it's when I was at the Grand Floridian having tea, and and I looked over and I saw Cinderella and the Prince Charming were coming down. I didn't know I had this in me, but I suddenly turned into instant pushy paparazzi and was like, <laughs> the way children, Cinderella's coming." <laughs> filming them and i'm like i think i i think i might have pushed over a child to get this and it's like they these characters are so lovable they have this kind of crazy effect on you when you see them in real in like in the parks and that they yes. bring out something in you that you didn't know you had so yes i uh, oh, yeah, well yeah i can understand that i can understand that but no i i would say can, i guess sorry I would go back to what I mentioned before that I, I wish we got a bit more Prince Charming in this film, uh, but they rectified that for me in the live action. But I do like that it's a, a tight uh, hour and 15 minute film. It gets you in, gets you out, and then you're on your way. And, and a lot of that's because of the way hand-drawn animation worked. I mean, think about when you go back to some of those Disney animated films, they are so short and it's just because i mean think about the amazing amount of work just to animate a single uh cell Mm -hmm. and then all of the ladies that were painting those cells um just incredible incredible amounts of work that would go into these productions um and that's still true today to a certain extent still takes an amazing amount of time to render something uh and an amazing amount of computing power but it's just a bit of a difference uh there and so that's why you get longer and longer stories as we go uh, and as technology improves for sure so one thing i'm gonna uh, comment on because you talked about the live actions there a little a little bit something i wanted to comment on was one thing that i don't necessarily like about them is i like how they elaborate on the characters of some of the main characters but i feel like some of the charm of a lot of the side characters gets lost and their character development gets scrapped to the side and i think that's kind of unfortunate and that kind of i don't know Make some of them be Absolutely. like, you got to go back and watch the classics if you really want to appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I, I do agree with you there. So that was an amazing discussion on Cinderella. Really appreciate all of that. And I think what we can do here is, is maybe um, one more comment from everybody on the legacy of Cinderella. And, and I'll start with that. It's, it's interesting that you uh, have a brand new cruise ship coming out. And I love my cruises. I've only been on one cruise, but I was talking to Anna about this the other day. And it is like literally those four days we were on a cruise. I remember every second of all four of those days because that was how impactful that trip was. And so uh, they did just unveil that the mainstay of the Disney wish is Cinderella. So uh, as you walk into the lobby atrium area of the ship, uh, when we were on the Disney Dream, it was Donald Duck right there. But when you're uh, going into the Disney Wish, it will be Cinderella greeting you. And uh, the color, the tone of the ship in the atrium area is going to be a bit more of a castle feel uh, than the other ones are. So it's kind of a cool way to continue to bring her about in the Disney parks and now on sea as well. So Cinderella is going to get her time at sea. Um, Brett, any final thoughts on the legacy of Cinderella? Mm. Well, it's such a, Well, it's an amazing legacy to be so beloved by so many for such a long time. And, you know, even now, like as we go back and revisit it, we are charmed again. Mm. So, and the songs, all of, we haven't really talked about the songs, but a dream is a wish your heart makes, you know, Disney songs that, you know, you can take to heart and use them as your theme songs. Absolutely. I know I do. Absolutely. Vanessa? Your thoughts on the legacy of Cinderella? 
It does my heart so good whenever we go to the parks to see young five-year-old little girls dressed up as Cinderella with their hair in a bun and the blue dress. I just, I love it every time I see it. And even the fact that, you know, we're, we're 30 plus here in this group and we're talking to Savannah who is in her teens about the same movie that we all grew up loving. I just think that's so cool. I mean, that really speaks to how um, iconic and long-lasting this film is. It's such a. I'm Liz Even. You know, I watched it in 1927. I know Brett <laughs> when it wasn't even out yet. <laughs> right, exactly. Brett, Brett was there probably when they designed it. So um, it's it's just. A- I remember it was a Tuesday. No. <laughs> <laughs> just a beautiful uh, film. It, it is. It is a beautiful film. Savannah, bring us home. Final thoughts on Cinderella. Yeah, kind of like Vanessa said, I think it's such a testament that people are still watching it today and it's something that's endured through every generation since the 50s. Like, my grandma would have been a little kid when this came out, when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. And Brett, did and... you sit next to her in the theater, perhaps? <laughs> he said popcorn. <laughs> Whoppers. You Sorry, whoppers. Go ahead. I just had Don't to even go ahead. <laughs> But I think that it's just so telling that it's endured through generations that I can talk to the kids I babysit about this movie, that it's still um, so relevant in this day and age. And the fact that it's like the face of the parks and like one of the most Disney things you think of when you think of Disney movies. I just think that's a real testament to the legacy of Cinderella. Yeah, it's just so great all around. So I have to say, Savannah, you need to go start your own podcast. You <laughs> have just been excellent. You've been such a wonderful guest. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Um, and thank you for you know supporting the Hoagland in particular and uh, for being involved there. We can't wait to get back in that building and to be able to kind of continue to live that uh, creative passion that we all love, right? So uh, very excited for that. But thank you for joining us. Thank you. And before I go, I just got to promote the Hoagland Ed is doing a cabaret style show. Um, Not really sure the specific date or um, time slot, but that is something that's coming up. And I urge everyone to do what you can to see it there are i think nine different mini versions of shows one of which is beauty and the beast and i'm playing mrs potts in that and i urge you all to come and see that's awesome (laughs) very 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 cool so that's that's wonderful and you know i uh i have to say um our very own uh, Vanessa Ferguson was just featured in something at the Hoagland as well. Um, mm-hmm. Now, by the time this drops, because we do these recordings a little bit in advance, so it makes me it makes my brain hurt thinking about when these are going <laughs> to drop. But I'm pretty sure it's right around the 19th of February right now, which means is it still available for people to see and view, or is it not, Vanessa? It's it's. Probably not at this point. It was a, it was a moment in time, um, but maybe what we can do is just have Vanessa sing for you right now. Um, I remember it was just delightful. (laughs) Kidding. kidding. (laughs) I think just write in and say, you'd like to see it again. And then we can, if we have enough popularity with it, we can maybe re-release it. How about Okay. How about that? How about that? So, and then definitely check out if you, like I said, if you're in the central Illinois area, you probably already know about the Hoagland Center for the Arts, hcfta.org. If you are not, if you're just a listener and want to support an amazing arts organization, uh, I can think of no one better to send you to than hcfta.org and the Hoagland Center for the Arts. So definitely check that out as well. Speaking of checking things out, you can always find us on all those podcast apps that you're looking at. Uh, Make sure to subscribe to our show on, you just find us beyond the mouse on any podcast app you want also follow along with us on social media you can follow us along at beyond the mouse podcast on facebook also beyond the mouse pod on instagram and beyond mouse on twitter sometimes people get really fun things on our social media like an announcement that we had evangeline lily on our show not too long ago so definitely something to check out and keep in contact with us we love to hear from you so always message us just let us know about uh what you're thinking about the show let us know about cinderella and some of the memories that 
that you have there as well. We love to hear from you. We can also be found on nprillinois.org. And also we are part of the Front Row Network. So you can find them on all social media by searching the Front Row Network or Front Row Reviews with a Z on Twitter. The last thing I have to promote is we do have a Patreon for the Front Row Network. You can go to patreon.com slash Front Row Network and you get uh, even more access to us and even more special content. Like the other day, um, Vanessa did a Ratatouille, the musical recap for our patrons. So definitely check out these types of special things that you can get from just contributing a couple bucks a month to us to be able to continue to bring out that content because holy moly, we are bringing out lots and lots and lots of content, lots of cool things in the future. We are working on something. I'm real excited about it. I, I am outrageously excited about it. And if it happens, I'm, I'm going to be very happy. If it doesn't happen, I, I will have the memory of how I feel now thinking about this particular episode and it might have to do with our hundredth episode. So we will keep you in the loop and for sure be keeping an eye out on social media as well. Uh, But thank you again, Savannah. It was so great having you. And so this is how we do our sign off. So for beyond the mouse, I am Craig. I'm Vanessa. I'm Brett. And I'm Savannah. And we will see you real soon in the front row like a pro savannah You're oh my goodness pro. so good yes crushing it i think uh we're probably going to replace brett with you so 